This is Entheogen, talk about tools for generating the divine within. Find the notes and links for this and other episodes at entheogenshow.com. Sign up to receive an email when we release a new episode. Follow us at Entheogen Show on Twitter and like Entheogen Show on Facebook. Hey, everybody, this is Joe with a special announcement. We've just doubled our listener base to over 12,000 subscribers in the last two months. We'd like to take a moment to welcome our new listeners and to thank our listeners, new and old, for spreading the word and supporting the show. Going into season three of Entheogen, we've launched a Patreon campaign, and we'd like to invite you to please support us by pledging between $2 and $10 per episode. Please visit entheogenshow.com and click on support. And thanks again. This is Entheogen, talk about tools for generating the divine within. Today is December 4th, 2016, and we are talking with Alistair from bluelight.org. Ali, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So um, we all know Blue Light from uh, our, our research days, you know, back in the day and ongoing. Um, can you just, you know, for listeners who may be new to uh, Blue Light, can you let us know just what it is, a brief overview? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, the 12-word elevator pitch is that Blue Light is an international uh, online harm reduction community committed to reducing the harm associated with drug use. Um uh, a couple of interesting points there. International, you know, we have users uh, who span the globe. Um, there's certainly uh, an emphasis in the discussion online uh, in from uh, users from North America, Australia, and the United Kingdom. You know, those are our three largest geographies. Um, everything that we do is online. Um, you know, we, we facilitate discussion online. That's our prime role. And uh, we're a community. And I think that's an important point to stress. You know, uh, we have a host of forums. Um, I really should know this off the top of my head. I think we probably have about 50 forums uh, dedicated to uh, discussion on a number of different topics. Um, top forums focused on specific drugs like MDMA uh, and cannabis. Um, but we also have social forums, uh, you know, uh, sex, love, and relationships, current events and politics. And um, a lot of people, you know, a phrase we hear a lot is that people came for the drugs and stayed for the community. <laughs> so, so people will use, uh, you know, and I mean that sincerely, you know, a lot of people will maybe have a, you know, uh, in fact, uh, the best example I can give you is myself. Um, uh, I, when I was living in San Francisco in the late 90s, I had a friend who was having a bit of a meth situation. Uh, and I didn't really know what to do about it. I didn't really know anything about the drug. I didn't know anything about the symptoms uh, of abuse. I didn't had no idea, you know, uh, what he was going through. And I did a search online and discovered Blue Light and found that there were a lot of other people who had been there before and who had some very useful advice. And so, um, you know, I was able to give my friend some help. And then I discovered they had a film and television forum and I really love movies and I, you know, stuck around that forum for a while commenting and, you know, discussing uh, movies with people. And then I became a moderator of that forum and it kind of moved up the hierarchy, became a senior moderator, moderated more forums. Um, and now I'm an administrator of the forum. And I think that that's a pretty typical uh, pretty typical kind of use model. A lot of people will come to find out something about a drug and they'll stay and stick around because they like the community. Um, yeah. I also think it's an interesting, you know, we talk a lot about harm reduction on blue light. It really is our core, you know, thing. Um, but a lot of people find that just having an online community that understands them uh, is in and of itself uh, a harm reduction uh, resource. Absolutely. You know, we get a lot of people, a lot of people who are really struggling um, either with uh, drug use or the fallout, you know, from drug abuse and their recovery. And, uh, you know, just having a shoulder to cry on or a, an online ear to listen. And they really find that that is uh, and not, you know, a non-judgmental 
a place to come and talk. Uh, obviously, there's still a pretty big taboo with a lot of uh, uh, legal and illegal drugs in the world. Um, cool. And just knowing that people aren't, you know, your people aren't judging you for use. I think that's a really uh, important uh, factor uh, for the reason a lot of people stick around. Yeah, Ali, I have to say that's one of the things that uh, I find most impressive about Blue Light is that um, I think in our in our psychedelic drug world, um, we, you know, we tend to be focused on uh, the positive effects of, of especially of the substances we typically discuss on this program. But, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's great that, that, you know, to admit that there is another side of there are. Uh, a, a wealth of other substances that are being used and, uh, and maybe not in, in the best way. And, uh, and that those that, that exists and that there's a place like blue light where there is a community and there is some sort of, um, the, like you said, non-judgmental place that people can go and, and try to get some help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, uh, you know, I'd encourage anyone that's listening, uh, to go uh, check out our front page and just, you know, cherry pick some forums and have a look at the discussion. Um, about two, three years ago, um, we launched a whole new section on the site called recovery. Um, and as its name implies, it's focused entirely on helping people, um, with the after effects uh, of drug use and abuse. Um, and one of the sub forums of the recovery section is called sober living. And, you know, I think people, you know, if you asked a, I don't know how many people in the world know about blue light, but, you know, if you asked 100 people who knew about blue light, what's it about? You know, the word drugs would be in there somewhere. Um, but, you know, we're really kind of proud of the recovery forums because, uh, you know, there are people who have used and abused drugs uh, to various extents and then they no longer do it. You know, they stop doing it for a whole host of different reasons. Uh, and so we, you know, we even have a discussion forum that can help people with that transition into uh you know, uh, the name of the forum is Sober Living, um, and that's exactly what we talk about. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people go hot and heavy or hard and heavy, when, you know, when they're getting into, you know, I mean, I, you know, I discovered MDMA in, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And there's everyone knows there's a honeymoon with a lot of these substances. Um, and, uh, you know, but there comes a point at which your juice, your use reduces and, uh, you know, you're kind of like ask yourself what's next. And um, so, you know, I think we have a pretty good answer to the, the what's next question, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. It seems initially counterintuitive, you know, to go to a forum that's known for um, harm reduction, but, you know, on the topic of drugs primarily, even though there's so much more to it, to to a forum for sobriety and, you know, just kind of turning that over in my head, it, it, it seems really quite appropriate when you think about someone who is going through uh, like approaching sobriety and instead of needing to change venues entirely, you know, yeah. have the community that they've been with for, you know, the portion of their life where they're they're experiencing and they're experimenting and and they're having a lot of, you know, great experiences and when it when it begins to turn something that's not uh not what they're looking for um that's awesome how long has yeah. the uh the recovery section been uh been around you said a couple years ago yeah i think you know you're gonna ask me a lot of questions to which i really should have the answers right here um, <laughs> no i think uh about two years uh maybe between two and three years and uh the uh the owner of the site um blue lights privately held by a couple of individuals and uh the owners of the site were really uh, you know, a few years ago, they kind of identified exactly what you were saying. You know, there's a kind of gap in our offering here. And um, so uh, they put a lot of time and effort, personal time and effort into getting the recovery forums up and running. Uh, we'd always had you know, we'd always had a place where you could talk about that, but it wasn't very formal. And I don't think that we recognized 
you know, the way that you characterized it, I don't think we, we formally recognized it as being a kind of stage in the process or an area of discussion um, that needed, you know, kind of uh, formal facilitation, if you will. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and it's, you know, as far as I can tell, it's been a success. And uh, it def- kind of rounds out the offering that we have in terms of the number of, you know, the forums we have. Yeah. Cool. A question about um, your personal experience. You'd mentioned that you found Blue Light in the, maybe the late 90s, um, mm-hmm. you know, through helping a friend and needing information. Yep. And, you, you know, it sounded like right around that same time is when you discovered MDMA. Was there mm-hmm. a relation there? Did you kind of was there something about Blue Light itself that gave you the uh, curiosity or the confidence to try something new? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think that a number of uh, different events kind of coalesced at the same time. Um, but uh, it was really, in my case, it was really a kind of perfect storm of uh, the place and time I was living. You know, I was living in San Francisco uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I'm pretty big. There was a I'm pretty big into the psychedelic trance uh, music scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's, you know, there's definitely extensive drug use in, among that community. Um, I was discovering uh, MDMA, you know, I'd always, I'd smoked marijuana here and there. I was discovering MDMA, you know, uh, as a result of going to some of these events and talking to some friends. Um, you know, so I was doing a little bit of research. I mean, my guess is I was probably looking online for, uh, event information. It's probably where I got into it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I hear I discovered blue light and I'm like, Oh, you know, there's a community of people who are using this stuff. And then, uh, it hadn't, I'm almost embarrassed to admit that the idea of uh, taking a drug without have, knowing much about it or testing it, you know, that was all very new to me. Um, yeah. You know, I went through a similar thing to a lot of people. I obtained the substance through a friend of a friend and I was assured it was just the greatest stuff ever. And, you know, the, you know I mean, everyone's got the best stuff on the planet, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, like I say, I'm embarrassed to admit that the idea that it would be adulterated or that it wouldn't be what somebody said it was, you know, that didn't even cross my mind. And, uh, you know, then I discovered blue light and somebody said, you know, I saw some discussion about, Hey, you should test your stuff to make sure it is what the dealer says it is. And, you know, my, I guess my knee jerk reaction would be, why wouldn't it be, you know, which is naive, obviously. And it's something a lot of people have been through. Um, you know, but that introduced me to the concept of testing and, uh, you know, so I got into buying a test kit and, you know, I helped educate my friends and kind of went from there. Yeah, that, that's uh, that, that's what I'm thinking of while, while you're explaining all this, Ali. I'm thinking if, if drug education were were centered on the right questions, you know, maybe maybe it would create that sort of curiosity for the average teenager who is about to try something instead of, it, you know, what you're taught is just don't don't do anything. Well, then, you know, you never get to that question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you're absolutely right. You know, and, you know, it's certainly a bigger question. Um you know, for the sake of a better phrase, the drug war, um, you know, is the kind of um, umbrella under which everyone's operating. And, uh, you know, all of this stuff is behind closed doors and swept under rugs. And just uh, I think that that's, you know, really where Blue Light, uh, you know, that's really our raison d'etre is to give people, you know, we recognize that uh, our our official position is that we neither condone uh, nor condemn the use of drugs. Our position is people are going to do it. Uh, whether the, it's illegal or whether society loops down on you for doing it, um, people are, there's always going to be uh, demand for, uh, you know, psychological exploration and um, the altering of one's senses. And so we say, you know, we're not down with that. We, we neither condemn it nor condone it. People are going to do it. And so they need a place to be able to talk about it safely. And, 
uh, our job is to help people uh, empower themselves to make more informed, responsible choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ali, have you ever uh, run into any sort of legal issues around blue light? Uh, no. Um, you know, whether that is uh, luck, uh, whether we're just not big enough that we're still flying under the radar, um, your guess would probably be a, as good as mine there. Um, I think w- one thing that we do to mitigate uh, legal entanglement is that uh, we have a zero tolerance policy on the board for sourcing and supply. Okay. And, you know, and, you know, believe me, I'm up to my neck in this every day. You know, uh, you know, we have a staff <laughs> yeah. of about 100 moderators uh, uh, who are managing the various forums and, you know, a large, not a large part, but certainly a factor in their job. Uh, every day is uh, unapproving posts where, you know, a lot of Monday morning, I'll come on the board, see what's going on. There'll be hundreds of posts from people. Hey, I, I just moved to Austin, Texas, hook me up. You know, I'm really desperate. And um, there's a lot of that kind of stuff, you know, because people do a search for, you know, drugs online and blue light's going to be a, a, you know, top result. And so, you know, they'll go to one of the social forums, try and get a hookup. And um, we're zero tolerance on that. Um, people who joined a source for supply um, are removed from the community immediately. And they might, you know, they may uh, follow up uh, with an email to the help addressing, you know, hey, I didn't realize that this is what you guys were about. You know, I really now I understand. Would you please let me stick around and contribute and learn, you know, and so we're not monsters. You know, we'll unban people. Um, But we do get a lot of both on the demand side and the supply side. We get a lot of questions like, hey, you know, you want to buy stuff online or, hey, I'm looking for a hookup. And we're zero tolerance on that. And so the. uh, I'm meandering a little bit, but the point I wanted to make was that I think that in large part has contributed to our longevity and our success because it's absolutely clear um, to any uh, law enforcement that might be reading um, that that's not what we're about. We're not about facilitating um, the purchase or supply of drugs. We're about discussion and harm reduction. Yeah, actually, un- unbelievably enough, we we get those uh, those messages as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure. The, the first the first time I ever got one, I was pretty shocked. I was like, "What? It was really?" Uh, it didn't ex- I don't know. Just never expected it. But uh, yeah, I guess no, you, I get, you guys, you know, a lot. I get private messages. I mean, I'm a, the administrator of the board, and I get private messages from people saying, "Hey, I used to live in Sacramento or San Francisco. Hey, I saw you live in Sacramento. I'm, I need a hookup. Can you help me out?" And I'm like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" <laughs> so you know, but it's a it's a chance to educate people is the way I see it. Yeah, that's that's a good sure, way sure, of thinking sure. about it. Um, so do you um, is this what you're what you're doing full time? Is this something you're doing? Uh, no, you know, no, not at all. So you, okay. yeah, yeah, I have a regular I work in technology. I have a day job. And gotcha. uh, but you spend a lot of time. Like how much how many hours in a given week do you do you think you spend uh, being an administrator? Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, I'd say on an average week, maybe uh between 10 and 20. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And right now, I mean, for reasons I'm not going to bore you with, and, uh, but I'd be more than happy to describe them. I'm the sole administrator of the site at the moment. Um, we normally, we typically, so just to give you an idea of the kind of hierarchy, the, the site is owned uh, by two uh, private individuals. Um, we have a site engineer uh, who's responsible for all the, you know, the Linux stuff and making sure the board is working. Um, we have a director of research um uh who coordinates all of our kind of formal research the activities around formal research and we have one administrator uh which is me and i'm also responsible for site communications we typically have at least another couple of administrators um but uh as you would imagine in this community uh, people tend to come and go 
And in the same way that, you know, users discover the site, some stick around, some don't. You know, we have we have staff who join at the lower levels, they move up the hierarchy. Maybe they have a meltdown, maybe they have a life change, maybe they're just over it and they move on to something else. You know, so we have a pretty uh, transient staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so for now, right now, I'm uh, the sole administrator of the site, uh, although that's not my intent. Um, we have a staff of about 10, no, seven uh, so-called senior moderators who are uh, who have responsibility for kind of forum oversight across across a number of different forums. And then we have uh, individual forum moderators who focus on a specific uh, area of discussion. So, you know, for example, we have a, a science and technology forum and uh, we have two or three people that moderate that forum. That's, and that's what they do. They focus purely on that forum. So total uh, staff is me, uh, seven senior moderators and about 100 for individual forum moderators and they're all unpaid volunteers everybody does it for free that's awesome wow wow yeah. i'm I, I, i'm impressed with the hierarchy and that uh, and and that how the, the the workflow works because i mean that's a lot of people to uh to manage in a in volunteer positions yeah and i'll tell you i mean it's a testament to the uh to the industry and the quality of the forum staff that we have um there's very little management required in terms of sorting out squabbles between staff members or between staff members and users. Um, The staff that we have, especially considering the subject matter of the forum, um, you know, we do have the occasional flame out um, because people are, you know, people are people. people. Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. Um, uh, You know, so we do lose staff from time to time. you know, sadly, we uh, sometimes staff just disappear and we never hear from them again. And, you know, we'll maybe find later um, that they, uh, you know, they had a crisis. Sometimes we find out that they just moved on to something else and they just didn't have the, you know, wherewithal to drop us a message saying, you know, I got a new job and I'm moving on. Um, but, uh, you know, generally speaking, um, uh, we have a really uh, dedicated, passionate, uh, industrious staff. How many of them uh, would, uh, at Ali, how many of them would you say, uh, would you estimate our, our narcs actually? <laughs> well, I mean, that's a good question. You know, I think, uh, I mean, my guess would be none. <laughs> uh, I think we've been, you know, it's certainly, uh, it, that's certainly an issue, you know, that we've considered, you know, the, we can't really vet people. Um, all we have to go on when we're considering adding someone to the forum staff is their history in, on the forum. Mm-hmm. And, my guess is it would be pretty easy for someone to join our forum, spend a few months contributing, you know, uh, relevant content, uh, appear to be very helpful, you know, join the staff. I mean, well, you know, what a law enforcement would have to gain from becoming a staff member. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Right. They're not going to learn anything that's not publicly visible on the site. You know, a lot of people, you know, we have people who, who imagine that there's some secret staff forum where there's all kinds of, you know, fascinating discussion happening. And I tell people it's, you know, I, it's boring. It's mm-hmm. just boring, logistic, you know, how, what are we going to do with this policy? How are we going to integrate this feature? I mean, it's really not nearly as romantic as a lot of people think. So uh, I'm not laying down a challenge to law enforcement to train <laughs> our staff, but I think they'd be thoroughly underwhelmed if they did. I think it might might be the first time uh, federal money was used for something useful in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a definite possibility. I, I'm, I'm also convinced that that Brad or Joe might be a narc, but I'm still not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing a really, really long game. 
that's, that's the thing. I think you know, and I, it, you know, I kind of laugh about it, but it, it would have to be a pretty long game. You know, someone has to someone has to have a presence on the in the community for for quite a while um, before they'd be considered uh, a viable staff candidate. Okay. But you know, not to say it couldn't happen. I just I'm not sure what the benefit would be. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you found the site in the '90s. Do you know when it was created? Like how far back it goes? Uh, yeah, Blue Light was started in '97. Oh, okay. Um, so right around that, not too much before you found it. Yeah, yeah. I joined. Uh, I think. I mean, I knew about Blue Light uh, in '99, 2000. I think I formally joined. You know, formally opened an account in uh, August 2002. So I've been a me- I've been a formal member for about whatever that is. 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at our numbers, uh, let me just have a look at the front page right now. Um, you know, we do have, obviously we do have a large number of registered users. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that does excite me um, is that on any given day, there'll be a huge number of non-registered users looking. I'm looking at our homepage right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are currently 3,941 people looking at the site. Uh, wow. 50, 56 of them are registered and 3,885 of them are unregistered viewers. Wow. So that's wow. a lot of people who are not members of the site, you know, using us for uh, information. Is that higher or lower than, or is that pretty typical that, for what you expect? That's on, pretty typical. On the, okay. That's awesome. Yeah, if you'd asked me to guess before, I, I would have said 4,000 so that, you know, I'd be off by 59. <laughs> <laughs> It, I feel like this is a silly question, but is there any significance to why blue light? Does that does that mean something that I'm not getting? Or uh, there is some history there. I think it's lost a little bit in the mists of time. Um, the you know, let me look if I. I think I'm, I would probably have to do this offline. Um, the people who so this the the when the site was first created, and I really am digging deep here. Um, when the site was first created, the name of the website was the MDMA Clearinghouse. Oh, interesting. Um, which is... Uh, I've been waiting to win that prize for years. <laughs> <laughs> the MDMA Clearinghouse sweepstakes. Free E for life. Um, and then uh, there were some hosting changes. I think it was, you know, it wasn't through design. There were some hosting changes that caused the that site. To be, it was probably hosted on somebody's, you know, personal server or, you know, secretly on somebody's work server that, and their company didn't know about it. Um, and then, uh, you know, when we got into, when we moved into formal hosting, I'm not sure why the term blue light specifically was chosen. Um, uh, but we've been through a number of different incarnations. Um, you know, uh, our original... Uh, domain name was bluelight.nu, and um, mm-hmm. which is some I can't remember the details of the .nu domain. I think it's some, it's one of these like it's a tiny Pacific island or something. But you can register, you know, you can register your domain there so you can avoid uh, legal trouble in places like America. Um, we were hosted. We, our domain was registered in Russia for a while, bluelight.ru, um, and then uh, quite uh, serendipitously, um, the owner of the site. Uh, got in touch with the person who owned the domain name bluelight.org, um, which obviously carries a little more uh, gravitas mm-hmm. in terms of what we're doing. And um, uh, they discussed, I think our owner thought that it, it's a great benefit for us to have a .org uh, address. I think it gives us a little more credibility um, than a, you know, a .ru or a .nu domain. Um, and so he entered into negotiations with this guy to uh, buy the domain. And I think 
you know, he I'd have to ask him the full details, but I think he was preparing himself for a pretty significant financial negotiation. Um, but he spent a little time educating the owner of the .org domain, you know, about what we did and how we're volunteer based and how we uh, everything we do is based on donations, although we do get some money from research. Uh, and he agreed to sell the domain to us for an absolute, you know, for a pittance. Oh, awesome. And so uh, that happened about, about 18 months ago. We moved from bluelight.ru to bluelight.org. And um, that kind of, you know, we felt as an organization that kind of heralded a new uh, era of credibility and, uh, you know, just just being maybe taken a little more seriously just because of our domain name. So, um, yeah, we're now an official .org. It feels pretty good. That's great. And you mentioned uh, that the funding comes largely from donations. Um, yep. How can our listeners donate? Uh, if you go to our homepage at bluelight.org, uh, there's a link right in the uh, bar of options at the top of the screen. And it's even a different color. Uh, all of the other options are dark blue, but the donate link is bright orange. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you can go there, click to donate. You know, we get a lot, we get a steady trickle of uh, donations from individual end users. Again, you know, it's again, it's uh, a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, you know, p- people came here to get help for a friend and it worked out and they decided to stay and they saw the, uh, that a lot of work was being done by unpaid volunteers and uh, they wanted to, you know, contribute financially. So uh, there's a donate link right on the front page. Cool. Yeah, I did that now. And, I, and just noticing that it says your donation to maps for blue light. Um, yeah. And that was another question that I had about how, how you work together with maps or is it more administrative? Uh, that particular uh, case is a purely administrative arrangement. Um, uh, maps is rather more formally organized than we are. Um, you know, we're really just a loose collective of volunteers, um, you know, whereas they have a formal uh, legal status. And so they actually uh, administer our donations and uh, in return for what I would consider to be an extremely modest uh, administration fee. Um, so I think I'd off, uh, off the top of my head, I don't know what it is, but I think about if you donate uh, money to Blue Light, about 98 percent of it. Uh, comes to blue light and then maps get 2% for the, for enabling us to receive a donation, um, which I think means that we're getting a pretty good deal. Yeah. Uh, and we also, it, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to observe it. It looks like you can donate without necessarily needing an account. So if anybody's listening and you're, yeah. you're wondering about that, it's, it seems like it's pretty, uh, no red tape involved to be able to help out. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty easy. You can donate in a variety of currencies. You can also donate Bitcoin if you're so inclined. Um, the other point I was going to make just while we're on maps is that uh, about this time last year, um, we uh, host, we uh, set up and now host three uh, forums which are specific to uh, maps discussion. Um, so if you go to the maps website, they don't have a, f- a facility for uh, online discussion or you know c- community on their website. Um, so we actually host three uh, forums on behalf of maps, um, and uh, their staff. Those forums are staffed by both Blue Light staff and Maps staff. Um, and there are three forums. One is just for discussion of you know maps, the organization, its work, its history, its goals. Uh, another one is called uh, Clinical Psychedelic Research and Medicine, and uh, it's about uh, clinical and scientific research, you know, the work that they're doing into the uses and risks of psychedelics. And there's also a, a, a focused psychedelic harm reduction uh, 
community which focuses specifically on harm reduction uh, around the use of psychedelic drugs. Um, Ali, just just uh, in, in all the time you've been uh, with Blue Light and everything, what, what's your what's your general feeling about the the current state of things and, and where they're going? Are you are you just as enthusiastic as ever? Are you more enthusiastic? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm naturally an optimist. Um, my friends would tell you, uh, you know, maybe to a fault, um, but I like, I believe in the good in things. I have a great deal of faith in human beings generally. Um, I think that, you know, I live in, I'm originally, if you can't tell from my crazy accent, I'm originally from Scotland, um, but I've lived in the U.S. for uh, just coming up on 25 years. So uh, I've kind of had a foot in each camp. You know, I grew up in Europe, um, but I've spent most of my adult life in the U.S. And I see it happening, you know, very slowly, but very surely. Um, I guess the most tangible, you know, most kind of direct uh yardstick um, for a lot of what we talk about in blue light is the is the marijuana legalization uh, efforts in a number of sure. states in the US um, uh, the state I live in California uh, legalized recreational marijuana this year on the ballot here here so there wasn't a lot of good news for me uh, at this election but that was certainly <laughs> uh, that was certainly one good thing um, surprisingly a green, a green lining if you will Yes. <laughs> no, I'm going to be honest, and I haven't heard that, so that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, my neighbor state, I live pretty close uh, to the border with Nevada. Nevada also uh, voted to legalize uh, marijuana. A number of that, was, that one impressed me very much, and it also I was surprised you know, it went through. I was really surprised it was adopted. shocked. Yeah, shocked. I was shocked, and then I thought, you know, what are the uh, the local police at Burning Man going to do next year? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's really going to going to complicate their true. job. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. But, you know, Holy as, crap, I hadn't thought about that. That's yeah. great news. <laughs> yeah, that is great news. So, Brad, you, know, you don't think, have to scale the tower anymore. Right. <laughs> you don't even have to go hide in your tent. It's awesome. Um, I think it's, you know, for me, uh, you know, change in this area definitely comes slowly. You know, I describe myself as a progressive, so I'm always, you know, looking to move on. Um, but I recognize uh, that change, societal change like this comes pretty slowly. But I think it is a really good sign. Um, uh, you know, I'm not sure. I voted for Obama. I'm not sure that uh, with specific regard to drug decriminalization that he really did uh, very much that I would have liked him to do. Um, who knows what's going to happen with the next guy. But I think that generally speaking, a lot of states, you know, and it's nice to see it happening at the kind of grassroots states level. Uh I wonder if, you know, in my lifetime, uh, drug marijuana, at least marijuana will be uh, decriminalized in all 50 states, maybe. Um, but I think that that is really just the thin end of a very important, uh, you know, very big wedge. And if it starts with marijuana, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys know, let me find the link. Um, but MAPS announced uh, just a couple of days ago uh, that the Federal Drug Administration uh, has given the OK to sure. an, uh uh, MDMA study, a uh, formal MDMA study. Yeah, just a few days ago. Um, I'm reading the New York Times article right now. Um, the Food and Drug Administration gave permission Tuesday for a large-scale phase three clinical trial of the drug, the final step before the possible approval of ecstasy as a prescription drug. So, I mean, you know, the pot thing, I think, is just that's just going to happen. You know, for me, uh, that's just... Uh, I think all the states will eventually decriminalize marijuana. Um, but the FDA giving permission for a clinical trial of 
MDMA with a view to perhaps approving it as a prescription drug. I mean, that is huge. Yeah, so I think that's the know, most impressive thing I've seen since, since, yeah. uh, I mean, I think you become aware. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you guys are, uh, very immersed in this world. Uh, I'm very immersed in this world. I think this is probably the single, uh, most uh, important announcement in this area that I've heard. So Alistair, you know. um, Blue Light, uh, as a, as a forum has been around, you know, coming up on 20 years now, MAPS just celebrated their 30th uh, anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, can you take uh, listeners back to those early days, you know, and, and describe a little bit about like what role forums like Blue Light served in kind of fostering the like underground psychedelic culture in those sort of dark ages between when things were made illegal, like in, in 70 or so, 1970, yeah. uh, you know, until now with this, uh, you know, research renaissance that we're seeing only in the last few years. Yeah. I mean, I think just, uh, just because, uh, it's an online forum and just because it's an international forum, I think that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the discussion naturally happened, uh, you know, we got a lot of stuff for free, you know, discussion for free just because uh, we were online, which meant that uh, anyone with an Internet connection could get to us and we were accessible from anywhere in the world. Um, and so I think that, there, you know, there were there were probably small communities of uh, uh, people uh, investigating these drugs and experimenting with these drugs and wanting to talk about it and learn more about these drugs. There were probably pockets of people like that all over the world, Australia, you know, Southeast Asia, uh, uh, everywhere. Uh, that people do drugs, which is everywhere. <laughs> and uh, I think that the fact that um, the discussion could take place online um, and the fact that people could do it in a somewhat anonymous way um, was probably, uh, you know, something of a catalyst uh, in terms of the use of the drugs generally, but also more importantly, um, you know, discussion about harm reduction, discussion about the importance of testing um, and then all the other stuff we've discussed already terms of uh, recovery you know i think it uh you know there's that saying you know if, if we didn't have something we'd have to invent it uh and i think that the same is probably true of uh forums like blue light you know if they didn't exist then someone would have to invent them except they already did and they did it 20 years ago right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well done. Well, we're, we're all very grateful for, uh, you know, for moderators and administrators such as yourself for, uh, you know, just basically maintaining the site over all these years, um, you know, doing such a great job of, of ensuring that the site can continue, um, you know, helping it navigate uh, through any kind of legal hurdles and, and avoid, you know, avoid being, uh, you know, suppressed in any way. Providing that community, I think, has been a very important uh, role. So thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, um, I would counter that. I would respond to that um, by saying that um, I can, you know, a community is only as good as the quality and the quantity of the people who use it. Um, and I think that we're very lucky in that regard. You know, um, we've uh, managed to uh, maintain a pretty large number of active users uh, over the years. Definitely a lot of people come and go. Um, but I can, off the top of my head, I can think of, you know, I can think of 10 uh, blue letters who've been around a lot longer than I have. Um, and they're still on the site moderating. But uh, you know, people, the people of the community are also extremely important. Um, um, they bring, you know, I think I, I like to think, and I do think that blue light is something of a meritocracy. Um, you know, a lot of online communities, there's a lot of emphasis placed on uh, longevity, uh, post count. I mean, you know, 
I'm sure you're all members of other forums and you see someone that has a hundred thousand posts talking down to someone who has 50 posts. You know, I really, I really think that we try and do a good job um, on blue light of uh, encouraging people to, you know, not consider how long someone's been with the site or how many posts they've contributed. Um, but just uh, how, you know, just how uh, qualitative their, the last, post they made was you know you're only really as good as your last post and so there i think there's a real focus on you know to the extent that we can there's a real focus on uh quality over quantity um on uh, encouraging people to uh, substantiate claims they make uh with facts um uh, that kind of stuff you know there is a lot of you know it's an online community there's an awful lot of opinion um but i think it is really important you know uh in discussions and i think our moderators do it with a firm but fair hand you know to encourage people if they're making a claim to be able to substantiate it um to be able to have a discussion without resorting to insults um and i think that you know that's our longevity as a board is a testament to the quality of the people who have uh, posted on the board, you know, over the years. I mean, I think it has to be. Absolutely. And uh, for listeners who stick around to the very end, we're going to have a link to that secret forum for uh, supply and uh, in the uh, show notes. The ban- where's the ban hammer? Where's my ban hammer? <laughs> ban. Well, this has been great, this has been great, Ali. Thank you so much again. Um, you know, not just for for everything you've been doing for the past twenty years supporting the site, but uh, you know, thanks for taking some time to to chat with us today and to um, to enlighten us about you know the history and and you know how it's used and and uh, I encourage anybody who's listening to donate and and help keep this going and yeah, just a lot of gratitude. No, I appreciate it. I also thank you guys for finding the time. It was really wonderful uh, to put some faces to the names uh, <laughs> on the playa this year. Uh, for anyone that's listening, I don't. I returned to Blue Light. I returned to Burning Man after a 14 year absence uh, this year, and I. I oh, was that guy. true? I didn't know. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, know, I didn't know it was Man such an absence. Was, wow. 2002 was my last burn. Wow. wow. Um. So don't ask me. I'd been to four burns previously, and then I took 14 years off, <laughs> and decided to go back last year. So or this year. So. Uh, uh, thank you guys uh, for doing what you do and thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome. And thank you very, very, very much. Excellent, oh, man. I feel like that was a great way to end the show, but I'm really, I, I feel like we could do a whole nother show just to get your, get your download on what it was like going to Burning Man back for the yeah. first yeah. time after 14 years. I feel like that's I more of I, a, over a beer conversation. I think, uh, you know, when I got back from the play this year, a lot of friends, uh, were interested, you know, I have a lot of friends that have been and still go to Burning Man and, because I'd been away for a long time, a lot of people were interested in my opinion. And uh, it's, you know, how hard it is to sum up the what is Burning Man in uh, anything less than a day worth of conversation. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I thought about it a lot on the way home and uh, I was really humbled by how little it had changed. Um, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I have to say that. It's really <laughs> funny because in, in a sense, the scale, you know, when the last... Burning Man I went to, there were 26,000 people. And this year there were somewhere close to 70. Um, and there was a lot more electric light. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was just a lot more uh, lit up. And the scale of a lot of the art and the scale of a lot of activities was just uh, insane. Um, but for me, the zeitgeist and the general experience and the just walking around talking to cool, interesting, engaged interested people uh, it was like i had never left 
And my overarching experience was that it, it, it felt exactly the same as it did in 2002. Wow. I, I'm and so glad to hear that. It's yeah, like, it really I, kind of moved me because uh, it's hard to imagine that that could be possible. And for me, I, it was. I started in, uh, in 2007 myself, and I, I haven't missed one yet, but I, I tend to get this thing from people who haven't gone to Burning Man where they, they want to be naturally pessimistic about it. They want to believe that, that it's changed for the worse. Yeah. And, and so I get that question all the time, like, well, how has it changed in your 10 years? And I'm like, it really, it hasn't. And I, the only thing I ever say, which you just said was that, uh, there's a lot less fire and a lot more electric light, but that's about it. You know? Yeah. Man, that makes me feel better. It makes me feel like I'm not being just an optimist and an enthusiast. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's so easy. You know, it's it's very easy to be cynical, especially about an event like Burning Man. But sure. But I think that it's still still doing its thing, and it's still a wonderful thing. Well, the funny thing uh, that uh, it was relayed to us by uh, Earth and Fire Arrowhead uh, was that when they. I guess first yeah, I went to Burning it Man it was like, hey, in 95 or something like that. And they, mm-hmm. they were like hanging out with some people and, and those people were, you know, had, had been lifelong burners and they, they were sort of like just talking down about this, you know, Burning Man back in 95 because they didn't know everyone that went anymore. You know, so it's like <laughs> all yeah. relative. That definitely changed for right. sure. <laughs> yeah. That was Entheogen. Talk about tools for generating the divine within. Find the notes and links for this and other episodes at entheogenshow.com. Sign up to receive an email when we release a new episode. Visit entheogenshow.com and click on support to pledge $2 or $10 per episode on our Patreon campaign. Follow us at Entheogen Show on Twitter and like Entheogen Show on Facebook. And most of all, thank you for listening. 